Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 11th of November. The alleged hacker behind the major data breach at Medibank has reportedly again followed through on their threats overnight and dumped more highly sensitive data from customers online. More than 240 customers' details have been released on the dark web overnight under the title Boozy, which relates to medical support and treatment for alcohol addiction and other mental health support. It comes after the hacker released hundreds of private medical details earlier this week, including customers who had reportedly tested positive to HIV or who had medical procedures, including abortions. Home Affairs Minister Claire O'Neill spoke in Federal Parliament yesterday, sending a stern warning to those responsible for the hack. What has occurred here is morally reprehensible and it is criminal. I want the scumbags behind this attack to know that the smartest and toughest people in this country are coming after you. Meantime, a former cybersecurity advisor thinks the health insurer should reconsider its stance not to pay a $15 million ransom to the hackers. Alastair McGibbon, who advised former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, has told the ABC overnight paying is a legitimate option. There's no right or wrong answer uh, when these criminals strike. Uh, it's a series of least worst decisions and Medibank has made a decision. A new COVID wave is sweeping across Australia, with Queensland the first state to increase its emergency status. The state has seen COVID cases increase by more than 50% in just a week and related hospitalisations have doubled. For the first time, Queensland's emergency status has switched from green to amber. The government is now advising Queenslanders to wear masks in high-risk settings, including on public transport, with the Queensland Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk saying it's time to be alert, not alarmed. Meantime, a fourth COVID wave is also hitting New South Wales, with cases increasing as the state's health boss urges residents to be up to date with their COVID vaccinations and stay home if you're sick. Here is Chief Health Officer Kerry Chant in a recorded message on social media. As we go through this next wave, we can all do a few things that can protect the vulnerable, including the elderly and those with underlying health conditions. I urge people to stay home if they have any cold or flu-like symptoms and get tested for COVID-19. It comes as new figures show a majority of Australians are not up to date with their COVID vaccinations. Around 72% of the eligible population have had three doses, but only around 42% have had a fourth jab. Peter Rutherford from the Rural Doctors Association says vaccination offers the best protection, especially if you're elderly or vulnerable. If anyone is struggling to get uh, an appointment with their GP for a vaccination, um, there is still the option of also um, looking at the pharmacy and whether or not they have um, a clinic or have access to vaccines as well. To other news this Friday morning now, and convicted murderer Chris Dawson has faced a sentence hearing in the New South Wales Supreme Court. His daughter read out an emotional victim impact statement in court yesterday, pleading with her father to finally admit the truth and reveal where her mother Lynette's body is. Our reporter Michaela Savage has the details from Sydney. 
Yeah, Tash, Chanel Dawson took to the victim box to beg her father to disclose the location of her mother's body with authorities. Breaking down, as she told the court, she's endured 41 years of deceit, silence, trauma and gaslighting, saying he's destroyed her sense of safety. The 74-year-old former Northern Beaches school teacher was convicted of his wife Lynn's murder in August this year. He is yet to be sentenced. Lynn went missing from their baby home back in 1982. Justice Ian Harrison found Mr Dawson was motivated to murder his wife, because of an obsessive infatuation with the family's teenage babysitter who he later married. He continues to maintain his innocence, though, filing an appeal against his conviction. Staying in Sydney and commuters are being warned to prepare for a weekend of public transport chaos. Pre-planned track work will be carried out at the same time the Rail, Tram and Bus Union takes industrial action. The latest move comes after the union slammed what it calls the New South Wales government's failure to deliver workers better pay and conditions. Meantime, in WA, nurses are continuing their fight for better pay and staff-to-patient ratios. Our reporter Alicia McFarlane is in Perth with the story. Tash nurses will start walking off the job from next week in the latest development of industrial action. It'll affect 12 Perth hospitals with stoppages planned at one hospital per day from Wednesday. The Australian Nursing Federation's Mark Olson admits some elective surgeries and appointments may need to be cancelled as a result. This means nurses and midwives will not be attending work between 7am and 9pm each day. So it's 7am till 9pm each day. Staff have so far rejected two wage offers from the state government. In the most recent, a 3% pay increase was put on the table, but unions continue to call for a 10% hike. And Australians will this morning pause for a minute's silence to mark Remembrance Day as we honour our past and present servicemen and women. Greg Millick from the RSL says the last post will play at 11am this morning. I think we've got about 129 bugles lined up in various states and we'll see what sort of effect that has. I I just hope people appreciate it and take the time to reflect. Now for the latest in business and finance news this Friday morning. We're joined by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Scott, could it be a very happy Friday? Good morning with promising signs about inflation out of the US. So does that mean we could see a similar scenario here in Australia where inflation is finally under control? Good morning. Yeah, look, it's been a while between Happy Fridays, but I reckon we might have nailed one this morning. Look, here's the thing. It's a strange world we live in. US inflation was 7.7%, which in any other day, any other month, any other year, we'd be saying, oh my goodness, that is atrociously high. This is going to be terrible, except that they're expecting more than 8% and it's come down from 8.3%. So in the financial markets, the US share market's up, the the currency's happy, everyone's excited about the fact that maybe possibly, and maybe we're just clutching at straws here, but we might be seeing the end of the beginning or the beginning of the end of high inflation because if we can start to see some sort of continued fall, then maybe we have passed the peak, at least in the US. As you say, hopefully we can hope for the same things here because they are global pressures, let's be honest. If we're lucky uh, and if they're right, Maybe, just maybe, we might have reason to smile this Friday. Yes, Scott, that would be so good. But uh, some bad news, more uncertainty for power prices with an $18.4 billion bid for Origin Energy just a few short months after Mike Cannon-Brooks became the largest single shareholder in AGL. 
tell you what, there's a lot going on, isn't there? When it comes to inflation and power price, we talk about that so regularly. And, of course, the $18.4 billion is one part of the story. The average household power bills are the other and probably the more important one. Mike Cannon-Brooks tried to do a deal to buy AGL outright, as we all remember, with one of the parties who's now going to buy Origin, which also makes this fascinating. Brookfield Asset Management are a big asset management company out of the US or North America. They are part of this consortium paying $18 billion for Origin. Now, it's not necessarily going ahead, but it seems like, if they get the regulatory approvals, it probably will. And the big question exactly is what happens to power prices? Now, on one hand, Brookfield has really, really deep pockets. They can afford to do whatever needs to be done to put Origin on the right footing, to make those investments in future power generation, hopefully a large amount of that is renewables. So that should be good for the grid in theory. They've got the capacity. Of course, if you're a private equity buyer, you're trying to make a buck as well. So I'm not sure that'll necessarily push prices down in and of itself. But I think what it does do between Cannon Brooks and, and Origin does put the energy grid, I think, on a more sound financial footing. They have the assets, they have the capability to make whatever investments are required. Of course, we will still need government to have a firm hand with these guys because we've seen what happens if they don't. But I'm cautiously optimistic, Tash, on a Friday morning. Cautiously optimistic. That's what we need to stick with on this Friday. You take care. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Scott. And, and you. Thanks, Tash. for Sport Now with Brett Thomas and Britta Promoters. Dream Pakistan and India World Cup final is over after England stole the show in sensational form in Adelaide last night. Yes, good morning, Tash. Someone forgot to tell England that uh, the cricketing world wanted to see Pakistan and India face off in a final because they were clinical uh, last night. Uh, India made 168, so not a bad score at the Adelaide Oval, but uh, England made it look below par. Certainly, Joss Butler and his opening partner, Alex Hales, both uh, smashing unbeaten scores in the 80s to chase down that target with four overs, not four balls to spare, without the loss of a wicket. Hales telling Sports, it's among the best innings of his career. And it would be right up there for sure. It's a huge occasion. India in the semi final of a World Cup, um, big occasion. I'm really happy with the way I played. So, uh, yeah, it's as special as it gets. Now, there's no fairy tale India v Pakistan decider, but despite the loss, Brad Haddon told listeners Willow Talk podcast India can still hold its head high. I think they've given us some wonderful highlights through, throughout this tournament. Tonight, 168, that's a competitive total if they get early wickets. But in the end, they're just clinical at the top. So I give India a really good pass mark. So it's England v Pakistan at the MCG on Sunday night. Yeah, cannot wait. To the NRL now, Brett, and it's tabled a billion-dollar deal to make players the richest in the league's history. Yeah, this is uh, huge. Uh, the ARL Commission and their chairman, Peter Volandis, along with NRL Chief Andrew Abdo, have tabled $1.3 million, as you said. That would make NRL stars the highest paid in the code's 114-year history. But News Corp, amazingly, reports it's been rejected by the Players Association. I'm happy to accept it, by the way. It would also include a $115 million boost for the NRLW competition. So I think perhaps these figures have been le- uh, leaked to News Corp to get the public on the NRL side and uh, perhaps look at the, the players as a bit greedy to knock that back. Now, we've got a Rugby League World Cup uh, semi-final action this weekend, the Kangaroos against New Zealand and Kangaroos star Latrell Mitchell is aware of the physicality ahead for both sides. Oh, 100%. You know, there's, we're only a ditch away from each other and there's a bit of, you know, feel there and a bit of passion. And it's something I'm looking forward to. I love the challenge and I'm um, definitely keen for the battle. And we've got England and Samoa in the other semi-final. And Brett, also today, an AFLW captain has slammed the AFL's concussion policy that's cost her a place in a final. 
Yeah, Crows AFLW captain Chelsea Randall has uh, lashed out this morning at the AFL's concussion protocols after being ruled out of tomorrow's semi-final against Collingwood. She was passed fit by doctors, but extra vision emerged, giving grounds for her not to play as part of those concussion rules. It means that some players um, who actually aren't concussed will we'll miss games. Um, so that's part of that process, using the vision. Now, Randall missed last year's grand final with concussions, so you can imagine why she's upset. And uh, Ben Simmons put in his best performance in Brooklyn Nets colours yesterday in a win over the New York Knicks. Not a huge numbers in terms of the stat sheet, but it was his hustle off the bench that caught the eye, chase down steal and a big offensive rebound as well, while Josh Giddy had 18 points and 15 rebounds as Oklahoma City uh, went down to Milwaukee in a double overtime thriller in the NBA yesterday, Tash. Brett, another massive week in sport. You have a lovely weekend. Thanks so much. You too. Thanks, Tash. And thousands of Michael Bublé fans are fuming, some even saying Christmas has been cancelled after the star postponed his upcoming Australian tour. The Canadian crooner was set to kick off his run of nine shows in Newcastle, north of Sydney, at the end of this month, but that's now off the table because of quote, logistical issues. Bublé has apologised in a statement saying it would be impossible to deliver the show he feels Australians deserve and he'll return down under in June next year. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 7am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and a lovely weekend and we'll see you on Monday. Listener.